Go Loud presents Read the Room. Oh hello, we haven't even started the manual, podcast yet and you're going into... Manual right. handling is just a course that you have to do for health and safety if you work anywhere. For Can example, how to lift a box, how to put a calor gas canister into someone, to boot someone's car. Uh, Did you do all that? Changing the, the water cooler bottle, the big 10 litre jobby. What? No. <laughs> do that bend That's again there, Maya. Exactly, like yeah. You're putting it in wrong. I'm not... <laughs> and there was one point where that. I was the only person who was... It was Technically qualified to change the water in the water cooler. Step aside, lads. Step aside. Step we're aside. Par- I have the manual parched. handling course. <laughs> Get Maya in to change the water, please. Make sure it's health and safety gone mad. Gone pure mad. I actually ne- I just never heard of it. I'm Maya Dunphy. Oh, hello there. I'm Paddy Courtney. And you're listening to Read The Room. This is a podcast where we pull apart the people, the scenarios, the companies and the stories of the week. Where somebody, through either dumb luck or just being a dose, Paddy, <laughs> failed to do just that and read the room. Our topic this week is privilege. Maya, you'll know all about this. <laughs> and the kind of people who tell the rest of us to stop eating avocados if we want to buy a gaff. You know those people. But back in their day, you could buy a three-storey house, two horses and a packet of Jaffa cakes, all for the price of 15 <laughs> flat whites. Why didn't somebody tell me this before? I would have cut back on my old avo samples years ago. <laughs> I love nothing more than when rich, privileged people tell us how we could all tighten our belts from the decks of their 100-foot yachts, Paddy. In this episode, we'll be talking about them and their complete lack of self-awareness and ask why have they got such Jesus blind spots on how lucky they've been. Yes, these lucky fuckers need to check their privilege, get in the sea and read the room, people. So we all do, like, to be fair, there is a, like, we're all privileged in some way, shape or form, okay? And it's one of those kind of... Well, we're not all. That's the whole point of this. Yeah, I suppose we talk down later on, okay? Listen, since time immemorial, Paddy, privileged people have given unsolicited advice to the less privileged. All right, okay. Goes way back, goes way back. Roman Empire times. What did they Caesar. say? Caesar. What did the Romans ever do for us? the slaves and the criminals. If only they would have spent less money on bread. That's how he spoke, I don't know. <laughs> right. As they got ripped apart by lions in the Colosseum. Can you do that? How dare they not be born into the ruling classes? Do it in Latin. So we're privileged today, obviously, because we have Esther Amor Dunhu as our producer here today. Uh, hello, Esther. Hello, everybody. So today, what do we talk about? This idea of privilege. And uh, according to Merriam-Webster, it's the advantage, like uh, privilege is uh, defined as the advantage that wealthy and powerful people have over other people in a society. Yeah, now obviously there's a, there's a sliding scale of privilege and I am relatively, not relatively, I'm a very privileged person. I have a roof over my head. I was raised in a lovely, loving family. Um, two great parents. I had access to education. That makes me more privileged than a lot of other people. But there's the kind of, what's happened now, especially in the last few years, is we've seen a big division between the kind of super privileged and the rest of us. And the thing is, the unsolicited advice, it never works the other way. Like you don't <laughs> see less privileged people saying to the very wealthy, oh Jesus, like I could have, t- like this wasn't the time to invest in gold. Like Petroleum, <laughs> yeah. you could, no, 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 lads, no, 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 if you're going to buy you a go. car, Here's a no, shiny no. penny, I'd get your... Go uh, the Aston Martin, like what were you thinking? But like who... But, so but then, why do they think they have the right to give advice to other people or tell people what to do or wave their, wag their fingers? Is it the... the l- arrogance? Or, or just the, the this ivory tower of not understanding what people are going through other than their little world. Yeah. Now their little world is huge because they're able to fly to wherever and however, like you know. So it's it's a kind of it's kind of a lack of empathy type of situation yeah. as well. Like so, they're saying stuff that probably around their dinner table whilst quaffing, I don't know, 
poor people um, or whatever rich people do like you know then pass me another tramp um, it's just that they, they the, them amongst themselves would discuss what it is that they how they got wealthy or how they get wealthier and they don't see the struggle or understand the struggle and that's basically yeah. it like not understanding the struggle that other people are going through and then they'll come out with these fucking ridiculous like just it's a case of reading the room yeah. I just the very top like, end like read the massive banqueting hall Prince Andrew <laughs> do you remember recently when he not recently a couple of years ago the, he seems uh, like a nice guy he what's does. he been up to right what was recently it? was it Panorama the interview or, or <laughs> Newsnight like, Newsnight oh. um, with Emily and it was just like you talk about you know my old friend Minister for Optics, have a look. <laughs> but that is the, it's the ultimate example of so much privilege you just don't know yeah. how the rest of the world works. Yeah. And remember that comment, my favourite comment, there were many highlights in that gem was when, um, <laughs> as he didn't sweat, when uh, she said, you know, when you were in Jeffrey Epstein's house in New York, did you not see a lot of very young women around? Did you not wonder why they were there and who they were? And he actually said, oh, well, I just presume they were staff. And no point did he go, hang on a second, there are people listening here who don't have staff in their house, (laughs) male, female or otherwise. But it's just that totally... And he didn't even then go, oh shit, what have I said? Because it's... Ultimate lack of self-awareness. Wow, I didn't see the interview. That's brilliant. Did you not? Oh god! It <laughs> actually it stuff. still makes my blood boil. It still because I have, I'm one of these people who has a lot of compassion, and I feel sorry for everyone. I thought you were going to say I'm one of these people who has a lot of staff. So like I'm no. the same. Like you know, I'd step <laughs> over Cornsuela. Yeah. You know what? I had, to, I had to let a lot <laughs> of my staff go during COVID. Like a lot of them. Yeah. Just but like I'd as, as one of your staff, I'd like to thank you for the the the, the hand up program for making me your co-host on this <laughs> podcast. So so as as but privileged you know what, as Maya yeah. is, she's it's like starting a marathon with a 24 mile head start, isn't it? Like. <laughs> The rest of us are just start going. Wow, where is that? Why is he not sweating? He can't sweat. He's Prince Andrew. <laughs> but also, if you're gonna, if you have that privilege, why, like, use it for good rather than pissing people off? You know what I mean? Like, is there is there some way that you can help out? Not just by because those digs uh, by saying, listen, lads, who who's it? It was a Sean Fleming saying that uh, you know, shop around. And this idea of going, oh my God. do you not fucking think we're doing that already? Like, An elected idea TD, of... who's, a, who's essential manifesto on policy making, comes from a German supermarket shop and save campaign. It's like, <laughs> no, no, we're doing that. We're doing that all the time. And that's what made us think of this week, isn't it? Because there's been a lot of it in the news over the last um, last couple of months, last couple of years. But more recently, Kirsty Alsop was mm. at it. Oh, really shot herself Percy Alsop. Alsop shot herself in the foot. Um, what did she actually and say? There's been a few people who've come out with things like that of basically giving advice on how younger, not even younger people, there's people my age who can't buy a house, and what you should be doing differently. And mainly it's tighten your belts. People like they've no notches left on their belts, Paddy. And I can't remember what she was advising. It was, it was cancel your Netflix subscription, yeah. stop buying coffee. Now, I actually did the maths on this, roughly. Oh. The average, and she's in the UK um, in her beautiful house. I think she bought her first house at 21 with family help. Her father's a baron. Yeah, when you say oh, she Jesus. bought a house at 21, nobody can buy a house at 21. No. Houses bought for you at 21. Exactly. So fuck that shit. Like, there's no way that you're going to go, oh, you know, I, I just said I'll buy a house. Like, at 21, you're thinking another couple of pints or a taxi home. That's the kind of yeah. level that you're at. And she go, oh, do you know what? I'll just have a house. So her her dad By was the a way, baron. I always of some... went pints and walk home, just to be clear. Like for now, and that was an option. Yeah, I did it a few times and then kind of went, I'm not going to do this anymore because I, I lived in Gruton Beaumont and I walked home one night and I made that decision, pints or the walk. And I went like, okay, another couple of pints. But as as I'm walking through North Strand, this fella shouted out to me, hey, hey, you, you. I said, well, he said, uh, have you got a smoke? And I went like, I actually don't smoke. I did smoke at the time and I'd only two left and I knew they would get me home because the chips were finished. And he goes, uh, you don't have a smoke? All right then, give us your jacket. 
I was going, oh, what the fuck oh, have the two God. got to do with each other? And I was like, going, now I'm getting mugged. I need my jacket. And in and my the head. cigarettes were in the jacket, probably. But I couldn't believe the oldest oh. trick in the book worked. I said, they're going, hang on a second. I went to reach off my jacket and go, what about, I pointed across the road, what about that fella over there? And the man turned around to look at the non existent person across you the road. Ran. And I ran. I knew if I got. 100 metres from him he'd go oh fuck I'll pick somebody else with another jacket like so oh, that's Jesus. the dangers I went through of deciding pints or taxi and Kirsty Alsap had to decide whether she's going to buy a gaff here I wouldn't say Kirsty ever had to make a decision like pints or taxi in her, <laughs> in her privileged life will I buy a brewery or a taxi for fleet for one second that, no I didn't have a gaff bought for me at 21 but if I was going to give anyone a, the thing is I bought my first gaff at 30 the apartment I'm still living in now um, my granny helped me out to deposit uh, I moved out with my parents for six months, so I did have help. I did have to do an awful lot of saving too. But without that bit of help, I wouldn't have been able to do it. And yeah. I was working hard and saving and doing nothing else. But now, you know, looking back, and there's people who, you're, they're caught in that awful trap of the rental cycle. And you need something. And that something might be a gym membership. It might be Spotify. It might be Netflix. Otherwise, like, you'd lose your mind. Anyway, here's the sums I did, Patty. Oh, sorry. We'll get Average house price uh, in Ireland is nearly 300 grand. Now, obviously, in Dublin, it's far more than that. Yeah. But the average na- uh, nationwide. So your deposit's around 30 grand. So let's just say your Netflix is around, depending on how many screens you have, like eight to ten euro a month, like an average gym, what, 30 to 50 a month, something like that. And even if you get, I don't know, a couple of avocados a week, <laughs> I reckon you'd probably save around somewhere between 800 and 1,000 euro a year. A nice tidy sum, maybe for a holiday or something, but for your deposit, you're looking at maybe 30 years. So she's right. <laughs> so if you're out there and you're, say, 35 and you're struggling with rent, stop those few things. Save your money. And when you're 65, you'll be able to buy Because nice it's really important to have a house. I yeah. know, oh, but then the house in Leitrim will be twice that in 30 years anyway. Because but, which is okay, though, because if, once you can afford your house, that people can come in the next day and have a wake for you in that house after you die <laughs> when you buy it on that first day. Yeah. Like it just, like, but in the same way that I, I did the same, like it's just, I remember like we were living together for a while then we moved into uh, uh, my brother's gaff to try and save for a deposit and then realised that like fuck this, like you're trying to move in with someone else to save a few quid and all that. Like it's just, it's not, it's not healthy and it's not no. good especially when you've an established relationship and again there was three different sets of people to help us get a deposit in order to buy a gaff so there's that kind of all those sums going on but not a lot of people have that so that's my privilege I was almost embarrassed by that I remember because like my granny had worked um, in very basic jobs in London my Spanish granny like she didn't have any formal education didn't even have much English to be honest but she had just she was one of the people who just saved, 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 saved um, I remember thinking, I don't want to take any money off. And my parents helped me with money for furniture because my dad said, you'll be saving, you'll, you'll save a certain amount for the six months I lived at home. But they were in a position to give me a few quid and it was greatly appreciated. And then I was like, kind of embarrassed going, God, I'm 30, I shouldn't be doing this. But I couldn't have done it without them. I really couldn't. But I also think as well that like 100% like the same way. Yeah. But also I think that I would love to be positioned to help somebody I don't have kids um, that's my privilege I'm greedy enough like I'm <laughs> too juvenile myself but to be, I'd love to be able to help a niece or a nephew or somebody in that way shape or form but um, said it now. I just can't said it no, now. No, but, but I'm up. saying it but I'm telling you now I'm, even still with a mortgage the way I'm still paying back a mortgage yeah. there's a fucking stupid rate to that you just can't you're still trying to catch up every yeah. single month like and I just though I, for these people it just really boils me to, when I hear these people go like oh make this choice or do that choice and for example for Kirsty saying things like gym membership or uh, Netflix these are the outlets that we use to try and forget that we're living in a shit 
shitstorm of a world. So, like, don't take those away from us. So, if you take those well, kind of keeping people sane, I mean, they're <sighs> keeping people sane. And who was your man? Who was the former? Um, uh, chairperson of the house agency, Connor Ski, and he said it a few years ago, and he just said, very black and white, like, if you can't afford to live in Dublin, move further away. Like, that's no big deal. And we all have stories. A friend of mine is a nurse in Temple Street. She's a very specific, I don't want to identify her, kind of paediatric nurse, and the job she does uh, is in Temple Street. Now, she can't buy a house in the Midlands and commute, and she does shift work, and she's often working nights. So she, and she is a bit younger than me, like, she's late 30s, around that, um, married, and her and her husband are living in a house share. Like in a house share, when you're married in your late 30s, it's not how you saw things going for you. But she said, I've no option. And she said, we can't afford, we, we could afford a house if we moved miles away. And she said, then I have to decide to, and what Connor said was, oh, get a job somewhere else. Like she's a very specialised paediatric nurse in Temple Street. Well, that's bollocks. If because my job was in there, I'd really want her there. I wouldn't but, want her somewhere else. But not just then for the job as well, for the infrastructure, regardless of what your job is, yeah. the infrastructure of help that people who have kids that need, say, a mother or an in-law nearby or a yeah. relative nearby to be able to, take the the kid at a moment's notice if a job comes up whatever so yeah. it's just again it's from this privileged ivory tower telling the unwashed how to live their lives because they've never suffered it I listen we might not be privileged we're still, we still wash though probably. so we had uh, a Taoiseach back in the 80s Charlie Hockey I remember him well <laughs> I don't know why I'm conflating the two but um, that on TV, was there was he a, a privileged man, Paddy. Was he? Remind us, take us back. Let me see. Wasn't to those halcyon days. Pictures of him sitting atop a horse and uh, like telling us what to do. But his big speech was in the eighties that uh, mm-hmm. we are living way beyond our means. Well, and like he at the time, was. And I was just kind of like, <laughs> holy fuck! And, then, and later it came out, obviously, that he was taking bungs from people all over the place. Yeah. And just for for that to be said. And like, how did he not think for one moment? Now, I met him a few times way back when. He was Minister for Health and he knocked on our door and gave us a sticker and a toothbrush. And I just thought, this guy's a legend. Anything for free. Like, you know, when I vote, I'm going to realise that I Clever shouldn't man. vote for him. Like, but to say that on TV, when we only had two channel land and everybody, was millions, probably the entire country, was tuned in to say it. Yeah. And he had an island. Valencia Island yeah. was it off the coast of Kerry as well. Like, he had just... an island in Kerry, yeah, I think so, yeah. I did hear a story, uh, you can't lie with dead people, so I did hear a story, whether <laughs> apocryphal or not, like that uh, his close protection, one of his close protection unit had to get off the helicopter travelling down to Kerry in order to uh, carry uh, cases of wine instead. And he said, I can't do this. Legally, I'm supposed to be here wow. to protect you. And he said, listen, like nothing's going to happen between protect here me, and... Protect me, protect my wine. Wine, yeah. Good special God. wine. So that's, they're then, the kind of people. The many politicians haven't... I mean, obviously that's quite extreme, but they still come out with things. I mean, do you remember um, Leo said not so long ago that his party is the party for people to get up early in the morning? You know, and it's just that split second. These people are always... They're smart people. Take a second. Again... Minister for Optics, how will it look? How will it sound? But sometimes when people are that entitled or privileged, they just don't even think about it. I think the last few years, of last few years, 20 years, how long has COVID lasted? I can't keep up. What's COVID? Can last the last, but the last couple of years has sort of shown us the privilege divide amongst ourselves. Because there's, there's kind of, obviously there's the very privileged and the very underprivileged, but kind of where we are, Paddy, amongst our peers. And certainly with what the industry that we both... <laughs> circle around like vultures <laughs> begging, begging to work. let in like oh it's me Paddy do you remember me can like I come in and play with you guys around a around a bin supermax <laughs> finish that burger can I have that give us those chips you don't have to say seagull it's like a paddy around a bin oh dinner hello <laughs> <laughs> but I have some friends who have they're married two incomes their incomes didn't change they had to work from home they were pissed off at the lack of childcare 
And I remember one, well, not friend anymore, sort of former erstwhile colleague saying, God, you know, it's been such a pain, the homeschooling, and we're fed up with each other. We're fed up looking at the same four walls. We've saved so much money. We're going to upgrade the car. We might move house next oh, year. And you're thinking, oh, my God, I had two thirds of my jobs cancelled last year. And I'm still luckier than many of my friends who work in events or music or the arts who lost everything. And some people couldn't rent anymore. Some people lost their mortgages who'd applied for mortgages. And I'm thinking, even if you think that, just take a second to think about all the people who have, have lost an yeah. awful lot. Just say nothing. Upgrade your house, upgrade your car, go on a holiday. But during whatever. that, not only just say nothing, I think it was in the UK, but it was said here as well that you can upskill. You can oh see the way, God, the see the way you're amazing on stage, being a comic, being an artist, you know, a rigger at the back, like somebody. Do you know what you can do? You can get into cyber. Cyber. Got, was the, that was the... Uh, the ballerina over in the UK. The Rishi ad, yeah. And the picture of his graceful ballerina tying up her ballet shoes. Fatima. And it says, Fatima's next job might be in cyber. She just doesn't know it yet. It's like, <laughs> Fatima's trained since probably the age of 18 months to be a ballerina. And what the fuck is cyber? Exactly. I thought it was... Because like, somebody said that to me and I was like, Fatima's future is in cyber. And I thought, <laughs> like but like, the cheek of saying stuff like that. Just stop for a moment. they put that on a yeah. billboard. Oh, yeah. So that went through phases of people going, yeah, this is how, a do we, idea. Yeah, how do we tell them that? See the way you were brilliant at yeah. your thing. You can be brillianter elsewhere yeah. in cyber. And I do, I, I admire some people. There was that guy, and it's, I'm really sorry, I can't remember his name, and he's, he's a country music singer. And he was on um, a, a Ryan Toberty radio show talking about, he, got, he took a job collecting trolleys in a supermarket because all his gigs were, were gone. He said, look, I feel like I'm, I'm doing something. I'm bringing money in. He was a brilliant guy. Um, he said, also, he said, I'm bringing food out to help old people pack up their cars. I'm talking to people and I'm earning a few quid. But that wasn't easy for him to admit. Yeah. You know, so it's not as if people sitting at home working the arts are thinking, I'll just sit in me hole for the next two years. Because also, we didn't know when it was going to stop. And then they kept drip feeding, saying, look, soon, soon, soon. Then it was pulled back again. And, you know, I'm certain I would never be too proud to do any job. But it's hard when you've worked in something your whole life. And also, the world needs ballerinas. I need me gutters done. Well, maybe not you wouldn't music singers, pop around but, you know. and clean me. You know how me, handy I am. Do me pipes. You how know handsy how you are. Handy. <laughs> yeah. The Christmas party. How are you, Maya? <laughs> But it's just, I've, like, I've done a million different jobs. I Like, from, like, as a school kid walking around, we used to uh, wash people's cars, uh, whether they whether want they them want or, to do or not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or to, or cut grass and things like that. And I think from an early age, we've all, always had those kind of yeah. odd jobs. And I'm always wondering then, did the privilege, did they ever come through those ranks to know what it's like to kind of scrape a few quid? To And I go back to times again, trying to tell lies down the phone to the mortgage people kind of go oh yeah no, you'll get your money next month you'll get your money you know that kind of way whereas yeah. you could kind of deal somewhat with a faceless organisation rather than when you were paying rent yeah. the guy would come around and kind of start picking up a telly and say like you know unless you give me the rent this month the telly's gone so I don't know if they've ever experienced that kind of shit before I'm telling like, you now they haven't because if they had they wouldn't be saying these things simple as that read the room now there are I've got some another example of it's not it's a different kind of privilege Gabriel Byrne who just... Uh, I'm aware of him. Yeah, disclaimer, he's great. National treasure, we love him. Flying oh, the flag there's abroad, a coming all here. of that. But... Oh, sketch. <laughs> with several views. He lives in, in the States somewhere. He's back in Ireland. Is he New York? He was yeah. back in Ireland recently to do a play. And he's one of those people who came back and went, ah, the Dublin that I knew and loved is gone. <laughs> and he's bemoaning how Dublin has changed and it's high-rise and the charm is gone. And it, it was reminiscent of some of the kind of Brexiteers in the UK and their nostalgia for... You know, the kind of golden days of the past. It's like, it's fine, Gabriel. Like, you know, you, you live in the States, you live in New York, that's fine. But don't come back here 
and, you know, stroke your chin and say, God, the glory days are gone. Because yeah. we're the ones who are petitioning for the markets to reopen and who are objecting to certain planning permission decisions. And we're the ones that are here trying to make decisions for our city. And you're not. So yeah. don't come back and or expect tulip- a 1950s nostalgic postcard. That, or tulip with the knowledge. Talk to people on the ground. Yeah. What is the actual feeling out here? Yeah. And I go back to the stand-up days that like uh, people would come and ask you, what is, you know, how would I say this in Ireland? And do you feel this way or that way? Yeah. And just kind of do a bit of research before you mouth off shit. Like it goes to Sean Connery uh, talking about Scottish independence. And like he's lived away from Scotland yeah. like 100 million years ago. And Brian Cox the same, living in America talking about Scottish independence. So I don't think you have a right anymore to, to if you've legged it yeah. and if you've gone, sorry, no, you, you don't, don't have you, a right you, to. You don't, you don't get to uh, And it's it's giving out about the high rises when like he lives in New York. Yeah. And I, I live in an apartment block and I live in the city and I'm really, I couldn't afford a house in the city but I could afford an apartment 15 years ago. I couldn't now. And yeah, maybe it's not as charming as a little old converted cottage but like, he just, what does he want? Molly Malone wheeling her barrow <laughs> through the streets. Like, come on now. Come on, read the room, we Gabriel. We could have done read that for room. But Brexit was a classic example of that in the UK. A lot of, now obviously a lot of people you'd expect to know better um, spoke out in favour of Brexit. But there were a lot of those, like, I remember Joan Collins and she did a live link up from her house in the south of France and one of the morning shows in the UK saying, oh, darlings, I don't know if you said darlings, but I imagine she does say darlings all the time, um, with her caftan talking about how, you know, we'd be so much better out of Europe. You're living in Europe and you've made your money and you're 175 <laughs> years old. You will never need to buy a house, so worry about it. And you're living in France! Crazy old bat. But, you know, and people, and then who were the other Is millionaire? Europe? Like, um, James Dyson Definitely. and the fact is uh, you know Dyson who's a brilliant man I think he's made a few quid though I think he'd be quite wealthy um, and he came I think there were a lot of issues with his company with EU regulations so he was delighted to get right. out I think his, one of his hair drawers ate a person or something <laughs> one of those vacuum disclaimer may not have eaten a person no Speaking of, speaking Shut of up, wind stomach. bags, your stomach I mean, If it's not being picked up a micro- microphone, we can hear Paddy's stomach is going bang <laughs> It's the, you, Paddy, like it's the lack of privilege. Oh, ha- yeah. Okay, I'm glad you Actually, finished off that sentence. Of already, right, okay, come on. Let's get the episode wrapped okay. up. Okay. Okay, we're, talk- we're talking about like um, the, the rise in inflation and then the, 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 the funds are these kind of cuckoo funds. They're all birds. There's vulture funds or cuckoo funds. or all these people coming in, buying a shitload of apartments and gaffs to rent them back to people. Yeah. And then hearing, when when you hear the, the government minister saying that these gaffs wouldn't have been built without the help of these people. I'm still of the, I cry bollocks to that because it's still putting up again. These people can pay over 30 odd percent more than a, a family to go and buy a gaff. Yeah. So like what chance have these people got there's no denying that we home. absolutely need foreign investment in some property developments. But the fact is, and everyone knows these stats, that there were more there was more social housing built in the eighties in Ireland at a time when we had fuck all money. And they need to be building more social housing. Also, there's now I don't know if it's the right figure, there's about four thousand empty homes around the country that just need to be done up. And there's families living in hotels, the cost of which would far exceed doing up a house. I remember there was a, a young mum who's from Tallet's where her family lives and she's living in a hotel with her kids and being moved around. She drove through where she's from and she counted 24 houses that were boarded up. And if one of those was done up, it would be perfectly for me and my kids to live. And that's like ridiculous. And you need somebody, you need a good housing minister to come in and go, it's being done, it's being done now. So Paddy, amidst all these privileged people telling us to stop listening to music and stop watching Netflix and stop going to the gym and stop having a good time and put down the avocados, step away from the avocados. I hate avocados. Have you ever had to give something up? 
in order to do something else. Yeah, I walked away on my family. I have a wife and two kids <laughs> and they think I've gone down to the shops. And that was in the late 80s. And, uh, right. So, uh, hi kids, you're probably all grown up now. So, daddy, can you help me out by a gaff? Uh, no, I... I, I That's I, terrible. The one thing, That's terrible. No, it's not I'm crying terrible. on the inside. Okay, right. the, the one thing I remember, and it, it's not that I... Purposely that guy had sounds to... like my daddy. <laughs> no, there's no way. They, I actually had to take their ears as well. They couldn't afford. <laughs> we couldn't afford ears back then. It was the eighties. I couldn't listen to radio. I, I actually, I was trying to. I was about save to go very my... dark there, and I'm not. I'm just going to let it. Should go. always go there. Never. No. Don't censor yourself in this podcast. No, I'd be cancelled. I got a, I got a five euro hair or a five pound haircut, and I think at the time there was kind of eleven quid for a haircut, and I, I needed a haircut, and. Uh, I got one for it wasn't a fiver. I lied. It was a two quid hair, haircut, and Jesus Christ, I just went what like, "What year was this? Nineteen fifty-two? No, it's just, I don't know when would it be. Like early nineties, um, and at the time, like everybody, we all had to kind of have haircuts that looked like each other. And I've never looked more like my <laughs> granddad in all my life. I've never, I've never got a blade. Do you know that kind of yeah. way before? And I sat in because. Uh, the, uh, I put the two quid down first of all and pounds that was before like coin money was kind of waving wafting the pound in the space and like that. I've got two of these <laughs> I'll have two of these in, in haircuts please and uh, immediately there was no scissors immediately came out the machine I was like oh fuck this is kind of fancy what did you expect I, 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 I'd never been involved in a two quid haircut before he just, so I looked, it maybe so looked like a criminal or somebody convict heading off to the <laughs> islands. He shaved up the back of my hair, the sides of my hair and left kind of a mohawk type cut on the top. And I was so, I, I, I was freaked. I, I, I didn't know what to say. Like, like, I didn't know what was right or wrong. Kind of like, are we, I only knew you were finished when he took off the cloak thing Ta-da! to save all that. And he goes, uh, there you go. Thanks very much. And I said, like, um, will you at least f- like fill in the rest or do the rest of it, please? And um, and I just thought, I don't know what I'm going to do. So it was kind of just a tuft of hair at the top. And I was only like 18 or 19 at the time. And so I called around to my girlfriend uh, at the time and I, to go, da-da! She opened the door and went, ah! Slammed the door shut and uh, broke it off my phone then the, the following night. So my so two-quid haircut. You lost a girlfriend because of a two-quid haircut. You know who you are. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Let them eat cake, Paddy. Let them eat cake. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We love the sound of our own voices, of course. <laughs> we also love hearing about other people not being able to read the room. Oh, yeah. So if you spot something in need of our attention, let us know at readtheroom at goloudnow.com or find me on Twitter at Maya Dunphy. But yeah, not please. to abuse me, please. Yeah, stop with the abuse shit. Like, just niceness, okay? And uh, you can also get in touch with me too. Yeah, I'm on Instagram and uh, Twitter, uh, Paddy C. Courtney. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure to rate and review the show. It helps people like yourself Find our podcast and do it quick before we get cancelled. Go Loud presents Read the Room, a podcast written, hosted, and researched by Maya Dunphy and Paddy Courtney, and produced at Go Loud Studios. Executive produced for Go Loud by me, D Ready. If you like what you heard, please make sure to subscribe to the show and tell your friends to check it out too. And if you're feeling extra kind, please do leave us a review that will help people like you find our podcast. And don't forget, if you think anyone or anything is in need of the Read the Room treatment, then you can let us know at readtheroom at goloudnow.com. We'll be back next week, unless they're cancelled by then. Oh! <laughs> and a huge fucking okay. light. Okay, here we go. Okay. <laughs> I've go. never, I've never... 
gone for a younger man ever. I I'm not about sixteen. I'm I talking. definitely haven't. I know I, I haven't. <laughs> when I was in my, t- I was a late bloomer. So first boyfriend, I was sixteen. He was eighteen. Then when I had eighteen, nineteen, they were all about thirty. And then it was always about ten years older. My boyfriend, I always my kissed was up nine as well. Years. I always kissed up. Yeah, well, you know. Kiss up, my friends. Punch down. Kiss up. up. Always. That's my rule. Yeah, yeah. I've got got a tattoo somewhere on my back that says that in Latin. Now that I have hit kind of my mid-40s, 10 years older, it's like, oh my God, who's that old man? So now I'm kind of, I would lean towards maybe a little bit younger. Not that, not like not more than five years, I would say. I saw a programme recently and they did a, maybe we should do this in another podcast, um, school reunions. Have you ever gone to a school reunion? No. Yeah. It's just like, and I was, I was like, you know, I don't think our lads ever had one, but like, oh, I, I don't, did. I wouldn't be interested. We did, and it just it terrified the shit out of me. <laughs> I wasn't terribly happy in school. I think you get to a point where I think you decide that you're old enough to go and face. And my dad went to his fiftieth, but he didn't go. He was very young. He wasn't happy in school. But by the fiftieth, he went. I think a fiftieth anniversary since they left. Yeah. Like how many are, are actually there? Well, they left at what eighteen? So they they would all have been about sixty, oh, right, late okay, sixties. So there, were, there were a fair few, but he he actually had a great time. He said, "I think I'm ready ready to face it now." But uh, I'd go in and, then, and, and then lie like a fuck, like it just you, <laughs> you just go in and go, "Oh my god, my gold suit! I left it at home. I'm just wearing the platinum one today, lads." Just like who but do you? That's the thing about school, though. You still have that slight teenage fear of wanting to be liked, don't you? I did. Well, I was lucky. I loved school. I loved really? the second. Like you secondary were, school, you were a messer in school. You were well, the entertainer, were you? Well, not necessarily. I, just, I fell out. The, like I, I think we spoke in another podcast about this. Like I yeah. fell out the window 